Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com forward slash four. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today, we're talking energy and industrials. It's Thursday, the 24th of May. Cannot believe <laughs> it's nearly the end of May already. And we're going to be checking in uh, on drones. Uh, I'm your host, Sarah Priestley, and joining me on the studio is Motley Fool contributor, big time friend of the Fool, Dan Klein. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, like you, a little bit tired, flew in this morning, yes. as you, you flew in yesterday from farther away. But uh... Uh, it wasn't so much the eight hour flight home for me, it was the two hour drive in traffic in DC. That was, oh, I, that was I understand. Flew into Baltimore at 8 a.m. Oh, this morning yes. and a delightful two hours to get to the office. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about toll road operators a lot on the show sometimes. (laughs) And yes, I experienced my fair share of tolls yesterday. Um, So Dan, thank you very much for joining me today. You kind of pitched this show because uh, you follow the industry quite closely. And if you're unfamiliar with drones and you're listening to this, the strict definition is an unmanned aircraft that can fly without a human in control. But many people, including myself, say drone um, just to mean any aircraft without an onboard pilot. If you have, uh, you have probably heard some crazy stories about the future for drones. And one recent headline that I saw is that Uber's kicking off a test program, which is kind of what we're talking about today, to make food deliveries in under five minutes, so no more cold pizza delivery. Well, I think it's fair to say that drones are one of those topics that lend themselves to sensational headlines. And a lot of companies have capitalized on that. There have yes. been Domino's and Chipotle have both put out you know, drone tests, which are literally buying a drone at a hobby store, <laughs> taping a burrito to it, <laughs> and, say, and doing it for publicity purposes. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what are some of the craziest kind of headlines or applications that you've seen? Well, I mean, Chipotle did do a test on a college campus, you know, with, yeah. with the... And <laughs> the reality is, and we're going to get into this later, is that that's probably going to happen at some point, but there are a million hurdles, not a million, but there's a lot of <laughs> hurdles before that can happen. Um, you know, right now, you've been able to buy a drone for 20 years at your local hobby store. And I used to run a giant toy store and people would buy drones and they would use them for like aerial photography, mm-hmm. probably for taking, you know, pictures they shouldn't be taking. <laughs> and And it's always been you know, sort of a complicated thing. There's no pilot, but they still had to be flown. Mm -hmm. As we move into commercial drones, it's going to be figuring out, are there pilots? Are they automated? So it's it's really taking something that was just a toy Mm -hmm. and making it something that has commercial applications. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you've said, so this tech as we talked about, so sci-fi, uh, but it has so many practical applications, specifically for our sector in energy and industrials. Um, you know, drones can be used in agriculture to monitor large farms. They have security and defense applications, which is a big part of the market right now. Um, and maintenance and inspection of a lot of uh, industrials like uh, oil and gas and, you know, bridge inspections and things like that. Um, in fact, I last night actually saw a Chevron um, doers keep doers doing TV commercial um, and they were using a drone for an inspection purpose in one of those commercials so you're, you're seeing it more and more uh, the size of the industry and range of the potential applications is pretty big um, it's expected to go a compound annual growth rate of between of 19 percent between now and 2020 uh, very soon <laughs> yeah I mean right now though you're talking a pretty small industry. 
that has the potential to be enormous. I mean, when you marry a drone to the Internet of Things, you theoretically have the ability to be more places than a person mm-hmm. can be. So you could be doing everything from inventory to security to checking to see if there's a leak in the back corner of your mm-hmm. factory and have it all be completely automated, which we're going to see those type of applications that don't you know, involve flying over cities or bringing you a pizza. It's a little bit tricky for an airplane to bring you a pizza as opposed to an airplane, you know, reading RFID tags to know that, you know, you're you're low on inventory on, I don't know, stuffed teddy bears and you have to order a crate of them. Yeah, absolutely. And just if in case anybody at home doesn't know Internet of Things. Ah. So <laughs> so the Internet of Things is the world of connected devices. It's basically everything from like a, a smart refrigerator to, you know, the watch you're wearing that that can send your doctor your heartbeat information. Mm-hmm. So the total market size for drones, as you said, right now is pretty small. It's ex- for business solutions, which is what we're talking about today, rather than kind of the, the more gimmicky things. Uh, it's pegged at $127 billion. Um, I think that might have been by a Bank of America study. Uh, so, yeah, a ton of applications, predominantly in infrastructure, agriculture, and transport. Um, as you said, it's not even 20 years ago that drones were kind of this sci-fi con- concept. How much have modern drones that we're talking about using in these tests, how much have they changed from what you were selling 20 well, years ago? Well, so the test ones are absolutely more involved. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the the Amazon footage of, of the, their theoretical delivery drone, it's a super-duper high-tech. A lot of what's being used out there now, though, in terms of testing, is really just an extension of the original, the high-end hobbyist, not the $300 model, but the like $900 model that hung on a high shelf you know, in the store. It really is just a way to be more places to a lot of the, the uses right now are camera based mm-hmm. where it's, you know, there might be sensors, there might be, but it is just, there is a guy and he's looking at the field to see where things are. Absolutely. What you can add to your drone has changed because, you know, not everyone used a smartphone when I was in the toy store business a decade ago or whatever it was. But certainly the underlying technology for the for the piloted drones is the same. And when you start getting into the the unpiloted ones, of course, it's a leap. Yeah. And the whole reason that we're doing this today is because you've been closely tracking a lot of the behind the scenes goings on with the regulation. Um, and the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, has announced you know, something new <laughs> for us to talk about. So the industry is heavily, heavily regulated. Um, you know, things like needing a remote pilot license uh, from the FAA um, to to use some of these uh, some of these drones. Um, what other current regulations affect so, usage? So basically, right now, drones aren't legal <laughs> except for. You said you need a pilot license. The drone itself has to be under 55 pounds. You need to be within line of sight of the drone, which dramatically limits its usefulness. Though, when you're talking a something that has to be piloted and I'm holding my hands like I'm carrying one of those controllers, if you can't see it, it's gone. Mm -hmm. So that's more practical at this point. You're also not allowed to fly it near aircraft or near people. So that seems li- sensible. Well, it suggests, <laughs> right you know, I could have your burrito delivered to a remote location where you could then go pick it up. Seems a lot less efficient than just driving to mm-hmm. Chipotle. Uh, and then you could they can only fly during daylight and below 400 feet. Now, these rules were created basically with them saying 
we're going to have a hard line on this so nobody gets hurt, and then we're going to take proposals for how we push these standards. It's a lot like the autonomous driving market, Mm -hmm. where we know it's coming, we know there will be all of these crazy drone applications, but we need to set a framework for what they're going to be. So let's start from, you pretty much can't use a drone, except in very controlled circumstances. And what are the what are the key things that need to we need to overcome if we're going to make it a competitive market? Well, have you ever been driving in a car and you see a helicopter and it's not a weather copter mm-hmm. and your brain goes to, well, I wonder what's going wrong. Like, police. yeah, what, is that police? Is that the <laughs> army? If there are drones buzzing above your head, you are going to think something is up. And you have to sort of figure out what the parameters for making this common. And at first, it's not going to be commercial city usage. It's going to be in warehouses, in fields. And then you're going to sort of build out the pipeline for, you know, nobody gets scared when a bus drives by. So how are you going to identify what the drones are? How are you going to explain, uh, yep, at two in the morning, is that legal or is it only during daylight hours? Well, that's mm-hmm. not going to work for pizza delivery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so really, this is building, it's a new method of, of transport and you have to get you have to figure it out i mean helicopters are rare that's why they you know surprise us when they're there nobody thinks twice when a plane flies overhead mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how you get this from oh my god is that a drone to oh okay a drone yeah. So increasing comfort, and then also, as you mentioned, the line of sight thing will be a huge deal, because yeah, right now that's well, a big limiter. I mean, ultimately, these drones are not going to be piloted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when you have, I mean, certainly some of the agricultural uses, some of the security uses could have a, a human that can take control or can move it. But when you're talking delivery or inventory or some of these other things, these are going to be automated. They're going to be GPS-based and, and programmed. So you also have to figure out, how's that going to work? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if theoretically Amazon is delivering to my door, are they dropping it via balloon? Are they literally knocking on my door and then... Could someone just walk up and snap it in half? You know, like there's, they have to figure out all sorts of parameters for this. And again, it's really funny to think you could put a parachute on a bag of tacos and and drop, but that's not going to work. <laughs> like, so there's there's a, a whole lot to figure out from a practical, from a legal, and from a, a comfort and safety point of view. But these are kind of the first steps towards doing that. So before we talk about what's happening now, I would like to thank our sponsor for today. Uh, Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies and your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. With Rocket Mortgage, you can apply simply and understand fully so you can mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com forward slash four. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. So the FAA has given the go-ahead to 10 proposals from local, state and tribal governments, uh, which they then partner with private sector participants to safely explore kind of the further integration or further kind of exploration around how drones will operate, as we've, we've talked about. Um, apparently, they were inundated. They uh, got 149 yep. applications and picked 10. There was no standard for how many they were going to pick, mm-hmm. and they actually could still later on approve other uses. These have all been um, approved just on the basis of the plans, but they haven't gone into detail on what will actually be involved. So right. there's still a... a approval process to come. This is an absolute hand-holding process, and you have to understand why. If I'm going to test a drone in a remote field, that's one thing. 
if I'm going to test a drone in a busy FedEx warehouse and some pilot error or something goes wrong, the, these aren't small. Let's pretend it's a 54-pound drone. You can cut someone's head off with that. Like it's, it's you know, ha- having been around these things, they're they're not toys. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are toys, but these aren't. So they're being almost too careful. But if you look at it, we've seen in the the driverless car industry, the statistics are overwhelmingly that they're safe, that they're much safer than regular cars. But if there's an accident, it's on the front page of every newspaper. Mm-hmm. So it's a that's what they're trying to do here is make sure that every I is dotted and T is crossed when it comes to safety. Yeah. Uh, so the first project I wanted to talk about is the University of Alaska Fairbanks project. They'll be looking at pipeline inspection in remote areas, specifically how harsh weather conditions affect drone usage. And um, you know, as an oil and gas enthusiast, <laughs> uh, the focus is uh, on this kind of aspect. It could be a game changer because a lot of oil and gas operations are in harsh weather environments, specifically offshore rigs, uh, desert environments that you have in kind of like Saudi Arabia. Um, and I'm assuming this project will focus more closely on cold weather, uh, assuming, I don't know. Wind. Uh, wind, yes. Um, but hugely important um, and, and very, very encouraging. Anybody that's worked in the oil and gas industry will undoubtedly have heard about health and safety uh, accidents that arise from inspection because you're dealing often with you know, highly pressurized sometimes, um, volatile um, commodities. Um, so, yeah, de- absolutely, from a safety perspective, we could improve a lot. And the frequently having to access these in- these pipelines is so difficult when you're talking about people, and the drone is just going to expand the length. And this test is more about drone engineering, mm-hmm. because these are not easy to fly in good weather. So if you're talking, it's a storm, the human inspectors who you know check the various points can't go out, that's a heavy duty drone you have to engineer. Yes. So, you know, th- this is certainly not the uh, the public safety issue. These are generally remote areas where mm-hmm. these things are being tested. Uh, this is much more about can we create a drone that can put up with cold weather, the weight of snow and ice. I mean, all the things y- your plane doesn't take off in extreme weather. So, building a drone that can inspect a pipeline during the the height of a storm you know, it's it's a feat. Mm-hmm. And long term for this, I mean, we're talking, you know, a few years down the line. Uh, there are a lot of companies like Total and pipeline operators, Kinder Morgan and TransCanada, they're already using this technology, but it has the potential to save a huge amount because just because of, you know, the frequency of inspections, it can get safer for less cost um, eventually, which is wonderful. Yeah. And it also has applications, you know, in call it uh, municipal use. So when power is out because we had a hurricane, in Florida, which we tend to do all the time, you can't send people out until weather conditions are at a certain mm-hmm. place. But if you could send a drone out and diagnose before you send the people out, in theory, you could be saving time. And every one of these projects, the goal isn't the specific project. The goal is to create a use for the drones that can then be used in other areas with other companies. Yeah. The second uh, project we want to talk about is the Memphis Shelby County Airport Authority, and they're working in partnership with FedEx. Uh, which is headquartered in Memphis. Um, So the drones will be used to inspect planes, deliver parts, um, and plane downtime for this company is a serious issue considering that 60% of its revenue comes from air (laughs) shipping. But as you said, it opens it up to other applications for this, and you can't help but think delivery when you hear FedEx. Yeah, and the word delivery. I mean, obviously, for FedEx and extended to Amazon, 
last mile delivery is the ultimate prize when yes. it comes to drones. So the delivery tests are going to be very specific, business to business. They, they're, they're not delivering plane parts to your door. They're more likely delivering plane parts from a warehouse to the plane. But it's the first steps of testing this for the practicality of it. You know, your drone shows up with the piece of the wing that's missing. How does that work? How does the guy take it off? How does he account for it all? So you're starting to see the framework with this test. Mm -hmm. um, notable that Amazon wasn't included in, the, in any of these projects. Well, I question that. So Amazon's application, and they did apply, was for testing delivery in New York City. That's ambitious. <laughs> they had to know that that wasn't going to get approved. And Amazon has been supportive of the FAA's efforts. Uh, they continue their own private testing of drones. Uh, I believe they've tested uh, drone delivery in England. Um, so I think this is one where, given the current political climate, Amazon threw its hat in the ring knowing it was going to lose and will probably be supportive and perhaps involved with some of these projects, even though they're not the main company. Okay. Um, the third one that we want to talk about, and as I said, there's 10, we're just touching on four today, uh, is the Kansas Department of Transportation. They'll be studying applications for BVLOS. I'm not sure if there's a better way to pronounce that, but it's beyond <laughs> visual line of sight, um, which would, as we've talked about with the line of sight rules, it would be a huge change. Um, they're testing a variety of applications, but one that's interesting for me is the precision agriculture application, which is to use drones to measure, observe, and correct variabilities um, found in crops. And this is technology that's actually been used for years in Japan and in the rice fields. Uh, and it's to allow farmers to, you know, a farmer can't always see from the top down what <laughs> his huge, his vast area looks like. And it's to address these areas of, of low productivity that you can have patches where the soil composition may not be quite right or or some other pest has got into the crop, and they can address this issue. This issue, and um, this market specifically, just the agricultural element, is suspected to be worth about thirty-two point four billion. And, um, and this is going to be the area where approvals come fastest. Yes, because you're not talking populated risk, areas. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, your drone goes crazy; it takes out you know a small section of your crop. That's probably pretty trivial compared to the upside of it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, risks are lower. The operating area is huge. Um, and the upside is potentially great. I mean, pesticides, looking at doing water sample testing, soil sample testing, pesticides, has a huge amount of applications that could be really a great time saver and uh, efficiency driver in agriculture. Um, the last project we wanted to mention is that AT&T is involved while working with the city of San Diego in California. Uh, and they will test 4G LTE cellular network and AT&T's first net, which is the new national public safety network, uh, I think. Um, so they're doing other things as well. Looking at in, in San Diego, they're looking at border protection, delivery of packaged goods, and uh, international commerce, the smart city Internet of Things that we've been. So, talking so about. this is sort of the most wide open it of is, all the proposals. Yes. It basically says they're going to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> when they say five G and four G, what they mean is when you go to say a football game here. AT&T will sometimes have, it's usually a blimp or like a, like a small blimp that will be giving added capacity so the network doesn't get overwhelmed. Of course, there are stadiums that have that built in, but when you have something at a place where it normally isn't as crowded, so let's say like a fairground or that's the type they'll be testing. This is already being done. It's just being done with things that are tethered. Yes. So this is going to give you the capacity to have that. Everything else on here is wide open. Uh, you know, testing delivery of packages in a city mm -hmm. is pretty much as close to what Amazon and FedEx would want. 
Um, so I think we're going to see some, you know, very slow rollout on that. Whereas the 4G and 5G, as long as you can prove that it's going to stay in the air, I don't think it's all that different from having a tethered flying device. Yes, absolutely. And and applications in. Um Developing nations, too, could be huge in terms of bringing connectivity to areas that don't have it. And again, bringing up storms. Um, I think you remember last year we had our big hurricane, and I had planned to work through it, and then realized that all the cell towers are down. (laughs) So even though we had no power, I had assumed, oh, I'll have internet through my phone. Absolutely nothing. So it would be very easy for AT&T to go, okay, here's this. Let's get a drone up in the air and restore. And that's going to save lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you look at some of these areas globally that have been devastated by weather, the ability to very quickly restore cell service or even internet service. Um, and again, those are going to be things where the risk uh, is the reward is significantly bigger than the risk. So you'll see that kind of thing approved pretty quickly. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm sure people um, listening might be interested in how they can sort of get a piece of this nascent technology. Um, it's kind of difficult. There's not many pure plays that are publicly traded. Um, for example, DJI, which is a big drone maker, they're private. Uh but there are ways that you can kind of get a piece of the pie through other companies that are operating it. So Google has a subsidiary that's working on a lot of drone technology. Um, Aero, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, Aerovironment uh, makes drones. They're for military applications. Um, similarly, Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin also offer military and defense application drones. Um, Boeing has a subsidiary called In, In Situ, uh, which is a big player in the medium-sized drone market. But obviously, it's difficult because, you know, that's not a pure play. You're getting access to a lot of the different and it, it's not really contributing very much to the income at the moment of a company like Boeing. Um, component makers like Umbrella are another way into the industry, but I'm definitely stepping on Dylan Lewis of the tech <laughs> show's uh, sphere of knowledge with that. But at the moment, it's kind of difficult to invest purely in drones, but it's something that people should bear in mind. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an emerging technology, not in terms of the actual technology in terms of how you yes. use it. So, you know, in theory, by Amazon, by FedEx, those are going to be the 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 people who benefit. But again, it's going to be one spoke in the wheel for those companies. Um, not you said it best. Not an easy way to invest. No, absolutely not. And there's a ton of private companies that are doing amazing things, like delivering medicine and to places and. Uh, a lot of the things that we've talked about in terms of like weather helping in disaster zones, um, but they're private. Uh, so it's, it's a wait and see thing, but it's definitely worth talking about. It's definitely worth being aware of, particularly in this sector, because as you said, the Chipotle's of the world get the headlines for delivering the burrito, but it's really applicable in this industry. It's a timetable thing. So th- again, like driverless cars, this is coming. You are absolutely going to get a, del- a pizza, a burrito, whatever it is, Chinese food. <laughs> And it amazes me, by the way, that they're going to figure out how to deliver these things via drone, but not how to create a material where you get them and that and it's as good as if you ordered it at the restaurant. <laughs> Maybe it's day. still going to show up in styrofoam and the fries yeah. are going to be soggy. But it really is a question, and these projects are going to start to create a path towards actual application. And it may happen very quickly as some of these things start to work, or it may not. There may be a lot of pushback once you start getting into populated areas. Again, I don't see how you have drones buzzing around New York City without people getting freaked out pretty fast. Yeah. 
So a lot to overcome, but hugely interesting. Thank you very much for joining me today, Dan. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's it from us today. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus at full.com or tweet us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thank you to Austin Morgan, uh, incidentally a drone user himself, uh, for producing the show. For Dan, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening and Fool Long. Mm-hmm.